Hello, hello, this is uh, Ja here. We are with another episode of Dance Jams. And today it is actually part two of Who Are the Dance Jams? And of course, uh, the part one was interviewing me. And so part two obviously is interviewing my friend and colleague uh, from the Netherlands, Ton Greten. Let's see if he is there. Hey, Ton, welcome in your own podcast because we are going to interview you today. How are you? Yeah, thank you, Sean. Yeah, I'm very well, and I'm happy to be there in the in our podcast. Yes, so. let's uh, let's let's start. You know, we are the Dance Jams, and uh, we like to introduce ourselves a little bit. And we decided to do that by interviewing ourselves. And this is part two. So, if you haven't seen part one, you can go back and uh, look that up. But today, it is all about Ton. Ton Greten. All right, Ton, I uh, prepared a few questions, but don't be afraid to uh, deviate from it if that is necessary. But what about starting with, you know, give me uh, who is Ton Greten in less than five sentences? Okay, Jean, that's uh, very short. But anyway, my name is Ton and actually Anton, but Ton. I'm 60 years old, next year, 60 years old, happy married. Two children. We have a very beautiful dance school, but it's very subjective. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dance fanatic. Actually, that's what I can tell about it. Mm? Yeah. Yes, well, I could not describe it uh, any different tone. I think you're a dance fanatic, but fanatic in a good sense of word. And I do believe you have an, a, a very beautiful dance studio. But it is subjective, as you said. That is uh, that is so true. Uh, ten, Ton, uh, you know, um, just give us a little bit the highlights of your dance career. How did you start? Why did you start? And uh, you know, what are your highs and lows, if you had any? Yes, my highs are actually that I started with dancing. That was yeah. in 1979, long time ago. Wow. Now it's. Uh, uh, how many years what later? Kind of style? Uh, what kind of style of dancing did you do? Uh, the, the style was the ballroom style, mm -hmm. Latin mainly. And a waltz I learned, a cha-cha-cha, a rumba. And at that time, you did this with a girl, with two. And you learned then like a quick step, step-step, cha-cha-cha, or something like that, side by side. Uh, that was uh, actually a very nice time. And from there, um, yeah, that was that, this is how I started in '79. Two years later, I started with a competition. Then, uh, many years later, '87, I was in the highest amateur class, uh, then still competition. And in 90, uh, 1990, I started to dance professional, and '98. 98, I stopped with uh, the professional dancing and I started in 95 a dance school. So that's actually my career. And after that, I discovered in 2000 hip hop. I like this very much. And uh, a few years later, 2006, uh, the contemporary, because my daughter danced contemporary now. And I started with her contemporary. So she danced in the National Dance Theater, NDT. So I uh, bought the listener in America probably who not is going to the theater. So for them, will it be unknown? Yeah. 
All right. So does that mean that you said goodbye to all the ballroom dancing? Do you have not? No, no, no. No, I, I still have a, con a contact with the ballroom world. Uh, before I was a member of one association, they called them WDC. And before that was it IDS, IDSF. Okay. Yeah, but now you have four world organizations and I'm still not member of one of them. Actually, they're all my family. Um, but because they are my family, if you are a member with one of them, you against the other one. So I'm quite neutral now, but then you feel also quite alone. But I have Sean, my friend on the other side in Dallas, who is also not member anywhere, that uh, that we have find uh, yeah two people, and there are more who doing the same work yeah, together, yeah. where there are no member of anywhere. Any. Yeah, I have some questions later on about the dance organization for the ballroom specifically. But it's interesting how you went from style to style. You know, <clears throat> everyone who has listened to uh, my interview that I, I stuck a little bit more to uh, to one dance style, um, you know, if it comes to that, but studied other things in dancing as well. So that's where we found each other. Interesting thing. Um, so, um, but you skipped very quickly, modest as you always are, Tom, you skipped about your highlights lights and you know so yes I, yes and, I'm, know, I'm, i always like to hear about those things yes i'm quite modest uh yes for me it's not interesting anymore what i did but mm -hmm. what i gonna to do so my highlights was five times 13th place in the professional uh in the wdc world's championship <clears throat> semi-final of the european finalist of the show dance many years uh my highest result was fourth place, but yes, I was five times in the final. World Cup, third place, and Europe uh, World Champion uh, World World Cup. Sorry, I was thinking about World Championship and World Cup. There is a difference in it. Not all the main dancers will dance the World Cup, but I was also third in that one. Win the German Open, rising star. Uh, in uh, England, in Blackpool International, these are famous uh, competitions, and international in the final, and the UK also. But for me, this is not interesting anymore, these results. And <clears throat> the uh, my lowest point actually was um, actually when I not could dance. So not competition, but dance in general. And uh, one competition I did very, very bad in Germany with From a professional a point I, of view. <clears throat> yes, I was in the kick out in the first round and I said to my partner, next year when we go back, that was in 95, we will win that one. And we won it. So I was quite happy that we won it. But the, that was the high, highest point and the year before was the lowest point if you oh, could say it like that sure. in results but yeah. anyway um, yeah. we can continue Sean <laughs> well I like to give a little bit of context to uh, to the <coughs> listeners uh, to actually don't know so much about competitive dancing you know you have competitions on all kind of levels you know national and international and Tom actually has uh, has hit all his, you know, I've of course done all the international uh, competitions in the Netherlands, but 
more uh, more interesting is of course the results in the international competitions and don't forget this guys in the time the time that ton danced and and i was a very unknown dancer so for me that's a little bit true too if you go to a competition like blackpool you know there could easily be in the amateurs uh, up to five six hundred couples you know doing in one competition um, and then in the professionals when ton was dancing if I remember well, that one time when you shaved your head, <laughs> I think there were uh, a little bit over 300 couples coming into that competition. I remember that still uh, pretty well. So, you know, reaching the semi and quarterfinals in those in those competition is a big thing. Uh, and I'm glad that you are modest and don't do that. And you're very famous for always your uh, showcases and your show dancing. That, at that time, it was called Latin American Show Dancing and Tom always made the final of the worlds every year year after year so uh, don't be too modest you and mary ann are you know definitely people that still inspire a lot of dances around the world so that's the only thing that i want to say about it <laughs> um, yes, i have yes. another question Thank for you, you Sean. yes uh, you know we talk a little bit about highlights and lowlights and, <laughs> and all that kind of thing are there any people that inspired you in your career oh yes of course uh, we had uh, michael hall in Germany, mm-hmm. who he inspired me by his dance. He did an egg, like an egg, small egg, and then mm-hmm. he makes himself very small. He, he fall, then um, he open the egg, comes out of the egg, then he goes <laughs> he like, I don't know how you say that in, in Dutch, Sudderen. so like, yes, and then he switch it and um, yeah, that was really funny. And this inspired me that I saw dance from a different uh, perspective. Yeah. Yes, that was really, really beautiful. And of course, the people around me now, children, uh, parents, dancers, the videos, because now you have the World Wide Web and you see a lot of that one uh, dancing. And then I see, oh, this is not possible anymore with my body. What it uh, gives a lot of inspiring and actually you not have to go to congresses because everything is on the world wide web. You can find it there. And if you practice, yeah, you can even uh, imitate that one if your body uh, accept that and can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, you get your inspiration everywhere. Uh you know, he might not remember it, by the way, but I had some lessons from Michael and he did a demonstration in a dance uh, studio that I was working in <laughs> at that time in in, in Oz. And he did his famous uh, frying egg uh, dance with a good friend of ours, too, by the way, at that time. And uh, it was very funny, but <laughs> I thought he was he, he was definitely an inspiring person from a creativity point of view. Uh, that's uh, that's. Um, you know, okay, that's that's good. Are there anything where you draw uh, draw other inspiration from besides people? Is is there um, everything? Movies. Uh, yesterday, I saw a beautiful uh, movie about an artist, a woman, um, uh, Clarice Cliff, mm-hmm. and oh wow, the colors what she used for. Um, her, um, how you say, drinking cups and plates and everything. Fantastic, uh, really. And in that time, can you imagine, 100 years ago, the women are really not accepted. I'm happy the time are changes, yeah. changing. 
still the women are not on the same level in our so society um, as the men. For me, they are. And in some things, when women, more women would be a president, then probably you would have less wars. That's what I believe. And uh, yes, anyway, this inspired me a lot when I saw that movie. The color use, the um, ideas behind it, fantastic. And she had one boss there at that time, one years ago. He was eccentric, but accept her how she was. And this helped her because when he was not there, she would have get any place in that factory. So that was really inspiring. And uh, to see that, then I'm really sure what I, what footprint I want uh, let behind. So I want to look what I let behind because this inspired me because she let something behind. Uh, look on the search machi machine and look to her name, Clarice Cliff from England. Right. Yeah. Good. Good. Portland. Yeah. Which uh, which one? brings me then to uh, to uh, our next uh, our next question. If I give you uh, the words dancer, if I say dance coach, if I say dance teacher, if I say dance choreographer, if I say dance uh, researcher, um, how would you put those words to yourself? Yes, Sean, that's a beautiful question. Of course, I'm a dancer. I was a dancer and I'm still a dancer and I want to stay a dancer because dancing is very important for your activity uh, to move, even when you are get an older age. That's uh, my opinion. Then I would say dance trainer because when you um, explain people something and you repeat that and you repeat that, you get more trainer. A teacher does the same, but a teacher goes more in the depths and explain the dancer uh, even more background. And he not trained this a lot, but when he repeats it again, he is actually also a trainer. Then I would say, so dancer, a trainer, teacher, and a coach, it's more uh, behind because when you teach them and you train them, and then you coach them because on the competition, when they go on a competition or in the theater, then you can give them some advices. And the choreographer comes somewhere in uh, between. But now mainly I'm a choreographer and a dancer and a teacher, <laughs> sorry, and a trainer and a coach. So I'm everything. But I know the boxes uh, where I am at that moment. And this is also important to, to know in which box you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I believe, actually. And, and I, you know, I don't know how you think about it, but I think if you specifically talk about dance in, in the ballroom dancing to lift it up to a higher level, we are still relatively young in the development of that, even in the bigger dance, uh, dance, um, you know, other areas like classical dance or the bigger dance, modern dance companies, you have everyone has a different role, right? You have a choreographer, you have a repetitor, as they call it, someone that specifically is there to to repeat dance after dance with with the company. 
you have mental coaches and uh, in our world our world as the ballroom dance world uh, you see that some teachers um you know want to do everything and yes, yes. I think, yeah does that is that in benefit or not for a dancer that's my question yeah i think it's a benefit when you don't have money and the teacher want to help but of yeah, course cool. he, can, he yes but he cannot help in everything uh, because he is not a dietist that's a uh, you are a specialist in that one you are yeah. not a mental coach because you not study for it so he knows from everything a little bit and a trainer yes teacher yes but actually what they do mainly but this is judgment uh, sean they work on the technically skills and yeah. and then they think they have a lot of experience in the other areas but that isn't true and what they are not used to do again judgment is to work together in a team like a dietist like a mental coach like a makeup artist work together and uh, try to re and work out together with the dancers and what i would say keep them on the same level and not make a hierarchy i'm the dance teacher or the they call them also dance teacher actually they are dance trainer dance coach uh, dietist uh, mental coach they are everything and i'm not i'm actually just a dancer who i'm modest again I'm not that uh, dancer what you see who can flip make um how we say tricks and who is very flexible no not yeah. I, I I am not that one and even uh, drama teachers you need that one because there are specialists in all that area and if you learn to work in a teamwork then you get the maximum out of the artist who is performing on that floor and in many uh, genres again it's judgment from my side they are not doing that yeah. uh, some doing that and you can also see on the dancers that they're doing this well, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely definitely nice i think that would make uh, a really good uh, episode of a podcast you know what are the pros and cons of working with specialists what is your responsibility as a dancer in that and it's just a history we grew up you and i grew up one teacher defined it everything for us what to wear what to dance where to dance and so on and then you and i grew up and we started to dance and both you and i have a different view of these things which is also a judgment you know because we don't know if everyone has this view but we kind of know exactly what role we could play if someone asks for that which is interesting i think all right um definitely you know uh, i would like to talk about your book and you know ton uh, ton uh, i'm just going to introduce that uh, ton recently published a book um i have a copy here but maybe you can keep it uh, keep it up for a moment right uh, i have it also by the side because i know you're gonna ask that question so yes. i have it this here. is the english version uh jam the jam a dance for a different perspective and ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls whoever is listening it is now available in both dutch english and uh and german and i was uh, i was honored to help ton with writing that book but uh, ton's process of writing the book started way before he and i talked about it so ton can you tell us a little bit how did you come to the idea 
to uh, start working on a book. Uh, it's a, a, you know, how long did you work on it and what is it about? Yeah, interesting question. So listener, go sit, take something to drink, take a, uh, take a nap from it now. So it will be a long story. No, no, I keep it short. Uh, not short, that short, but um, it's not to say it in two sentences because I started in 2003 or six to get the first ideas between that one. And I started also around that time. So I worked a long, a long time on it. Why I started? I started because we, my teachers and trainers use the word technique. I didn't understand. I, I know the word technique, but what it really meant, meant, I didn't know. Then you have space, time, energy, power, and force is a different word again. Uh, feelings, emotions. I know the words, but what they know really, I have to do a research. So I started with that. And I go very deep in one word because I want to know all about that word. And now I'm happy we have the World Wide Web so you can find a lot of different areas what it means. And then you can find some balance in it. And sometimes in the dancing they not use it, you can use that word more and make more context to it for the, when you explain that word. Then it came like, um, in that time we had a famous teacher in the Netherlands, in the ballroom Latin, and a very uh, known teacher, still he is very known, and his uh, name was Ruth van May. I didn't work with him so much, um, my partner did, Marianne, when I danced together with her, and he worked from the principles of Laban. So I'm not a Laban expert, sorry guys, <laughs> when you listen now. But there are a few elements what they use, like space, time, weight, energy, ah, some more elements. I probably, uh, I forgot them now. <clears throat> and I didn't want to read it because when I read it, then I will follow that path. And this is not what I wanted. So I know his elements at that time. And I want to find other elements where the comparison is between ballroom Latin, uh, the what you have more ballet, contemporary, hip hop, etc. So many dance forms, and I I was thinking there must be something different than energy. Yes, there is something different. There is the form. Actually, the first element is the person by himself, and which form he has, which figure. You can also say shape, but shape and form and design, they have three different words, three different meanings. And from that, I find the comparison form. My first steps, what I learned was, um, say, cha-cha-cha, step forward, step backward, uh, side by side, cha-cha-cha, backward, forward, cha-cha-cha. And in the ballet, you have also figures with names. And these are figures with names. And a hip-hop also who has a name. So they have a form and you can recognize them on that name. Maybe the interpretation of some dancers will be different. 
then I find all the dancers are moving because you want to dance. And then the fourth element was before was emotion, but I, after many years, I changed it to expression because you express actually with your body, with your body language, with your gestures, with your facial expression, and with the dynamic what you use between these three plus the context from what you do before and after. So this will be my elements. So form, uh, dynamic, expression, and uh, person, the personality. And these are the four elements. And then I'll look to the other art forms like the photography, the, how you call that, the architect world, the design world, the, what do you have more uh, worlds? Um, uh, the painting world. So I did all this comparison. And in that comparison, I find the elements geometric, organic, symmetric, asymmetric, and singular, composed. And I put these elements in the components what I found. And I needed about four or five years to find structure for the book. And now I have it. It's really, really interesting now to see because you get more an objective uh, view about dance and with a subjective interpretation. And this is really, really beautiful to recognize the patterns uh, through that tools. And this, um, I'm so glad that I did that. I put 15,000 hours of research, thousands of friends, and actually with you, Sean, I talked a lot about it and give a lot of new insights and new words, new discoveries, and the holistic view, because holistic, that's also a beautiful word I learned from you, Sean. You see what words can do. The holistic is how they, um, one element needs the other element. And definitely in my book, you can find now the most of them. And I'm not finished, so I will continue with it. So I'm so happy, and I use the method also. So that was a quite long story, listeners. <laughs> Sorry about that. I hope you didn't fall asleep. But anyway, no, Sean. not at all, not at all. I think I think you know what's so beautiful, Thomas, the enthusiasm that you have still about your book, although it's finished. I think I was when I came across it, uh, the book in uh, 2019 or something, when you mm. and I started to work together on it, I was uh, I was captured by it. I uh, personally, if you follow my interview, my interview, you saw that I did study uh, some of the other things, and I I I think Tom brought together uh, uh, on top of all the other things. It's not to replace, not at all. Uh, it's a it's a good addition to what's already there. I think it's a unique book uh, too, and it's not because Tom and I work together. I truly think it's a unique, a unique book that that looks dense from a different perspective. Uh, it can have a lot of follow-up. It could be a good base for people who want to teach and learn. And then Tom and I will definitely continue this path and creating workbooks on it. Um, the elements, form, expression, and dynamics are very, uh, are very, uh, you know, predominant in the book, together with personality. 
and to explain movement from just only those four elements is uh, sounds like a, a simple thing, but it is actually to make something so complex as dance, bring it back to those elements is a beautiful thing to, to really comprehend and understand uh, how this could work for you. Is I would say, you pick it up. Uh, I have the Dutch version here, you know, and I have the German and the English version as well, of course. Um, uh, Jem, the uh, the Greten uh, equation method, you know, that's what it stands for. And happens to be, by the way, also, uh, you know, a connection to our podcast, The Dance Gems. Talking about writing a book, Ton, what, is, uh, what are your next big, uh, big steps in, 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 in writing and development for yourself? Uh, after so many years to put research in it, I get new insights and I'm busy with my second book. <clears throat> and my second book will be more things in it like the exorception, interception, the proprioception, the phenomenology. And these are really um, expensive words. Sorry, listeners. But uh, proprioception is what you actually, your body awareness, what you feel from the body in space. And I make also from a time then you have the interception it's what you feel from inside that's also the proprioception is a part of it then you have also the extraception and these are the sentence what you need like uh, watching listening smelling taste how you perceive the world and this is a combination together you can also say the phenomenology is um, what you think and what you feel and how you perceive the world from your body and your um, thoughts. And really, I want to make a, um, how you say, an, a connection to dance. Uh, very, very interesting. And then um, I put more video analysis in it. I put nonverbal communication in it. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, quite interesting now, my new book. So I hope to have it finished uh, end of the year or next year at the la latest that it is also published. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to do more research. So this is uh, coming up now. And of course, our podcast, The Dance Gems, we, every week we will speak about new things. And sometimes we not know enough about that um, issue, then we will ask an expert to our um, yeah, podcast to speak about it. And very interesting also for you listeners, when I can speak for you, if you not know uh, what it is, search for it. Because if you dance, it's very important, I think, to know not just only move and follow somebody, but if you want to have a little bit more from dance, maybe do research, listen to us, and do your own research also. Very important. Okay, cool. So those are big projects, right? So, uh, you know, writing an another book, but hopefully the manuscript will be ready at the end of this year. Pretty ambitious, I would say. Uh, I also know, Tom, that you and I are working uh, on a project that's called Workbooks for uh, the Dance Gem. And hopefully yes. we can, uh, you know, ro roll it out with some workshops to other dancers. So um, 
So that will be a good thing. The podcast uh, hopefully grows into something where we can have some, uh, add some value to the dancer world by not only giving our own opinion, because that might not always be very interesting, but we would def definitely give, you know, shine a light on several topics. It could be something very current, you know, that's actually in the news, or sometimes we look at something from history perspective or from a knowledge perspective. And uh, so ask us also the questions and we will uh, research it for you if you can do it yourself. That's uh, that's basically what uh, what it is. All right. That's uh, that's really good, Tom. Um, so tell me, in, uh, I hear a lot of enthusiasm and I know you, of course, uh, pretty well by now. Uh, so I kind of know the answer. But what, what motivates you to, to go day and day to be this dance fanatic, as you, you call what What motivates you to keep going? with uh with something as as a dance yeah motivation is my biggest passion because mm -hmm. you can dream about it but mm -hmm. if you nothing do with it then still it will be a dream i have it also in the book so the motivation is if you want to do something do it then mm -hmm. because nobody will do it for you you can only take the action and the action will say if I want to dance with 60 years next year, then I have to motivate myself because I know how important it is for the future also to to be in movement, that you stay in movement. And uh, this motivates me every day because I want to stay longer on that world. So when I'm 60, I want, when I'm 70, hopefully move like 60. And when I'm 80, Still, I move like 60, but the body, of course, gets older. And this gives me the motivation because I know on the long term, mm -hmm. when I do nothing, nothing will happen and it will be get worth with my uh, cognitive and with my body. So I want to be trained and this I keep the motivation by myself, close by myself. And I try also to reflect this to uh, the people who I'm working with. And this is quite different um, mindset because the children have not that motivation what I have because I know already where I want to go to. So I try to give them context why this motivation is so important. Yeah, nice. Nice, yeah. We're both very motivated people to, uh, you know, learn still. You know, if you if you want to teach, but you stop learning, you have no business in teaching. That's what we uh, both believe in. You know, you need to keep learning and motivate yourself to do things. Um, you know, without knowing it, maybe, maybe. I said baby, but I didn't meant to say baby. I said maybe. <laughs> without knowing it, actually, you actually, uh, you know, touched on some things that Laban actually wrote about. And that is, you know, in the end, it has a lot to do with action and how you do your action. Right. So those two things are very uh, predominant in, in most people who write about dancing. What are your actions and, you know, how do you do your actions, which I think is always a joy to watch how, uh, you know, how you take big life. If there is um, if there is one thing you um, you want to do in the dance world and you started with it is to know that the, the world, the dance world of ballroom dancing seem to be very divided at the moment which you both and I believe that, you know, that's not good for the dancers. What would you, what would you like to see in that world? Uh, to um, actually, when you look uh, to all the whole dance uh, world, then you see, I see boxes 
and these boxes are not connected. Of course, they influence each other, but more from the unconscious. Mm-hmm. And when I looked up my dance world where i'm coming from this is the ballroom world we have four world organizations um i think they'll live still in the past it's prehistoric sorry guys when you listen to me but it's important that dance uh, has to be the first priority and not sometimes the power game what i feel in this organization and these organizations actually it's also very positive that they are there because when we have four organizations we have probably also four different formats and um, maybe they bring each other on a different level to uh, organize uh, say a better competition or more beautiful competition than the other one maybe the other one gives more a little bit context behind the judging um, maybe I think they have to look more to the future, how they want to bring a product to the dancers who are at that moment compete in our world. So what I want to give to them is think more ahead, think about quality, what you want to bring to the dancers and help them to make a better human being also, or to improve that as a human being. Because if you improve as a dancer, you improve also as a human being and vice versa. And mostly it isn't like that. So I think this world organization need also to write a book. This I would uh, give them as advice. And then, uh, how you say, revise it every year. That would be my advice and please communicate to the dancers and very important for this organization. So I point now a finger that's not polite, but I will do it. It's like the dancers and the organizations are on the same level. Don't think that dancers are on the, that level. No, they are on the same level. So, and, and when they are not on the same level, I think uh, reflect more to yourself and look to yourself. So yeah. this is why I pointed that finger. But actually, more polite is to put it like yeah. that. No, I, you know, you and I are, are, you know, struggling with it because we try to be neutral. But sometimes, if you're neutral, you cannot achieve anything either, uh, because then you don't belong anywhere. But you know, I, you know, Ton and I think about this the same. The organization actually should always be there in service of the dancer, and it feels. True or not true, you can you can hate us for us if we say it or point a finger back to us. But if you think about it, when we point a finger, they're always pointing at least three fingers back to ourselves. So we are very critical to ourselves too. Is uh, the organizations and you know are in service should be in service of the dancers, and it it feels sometimes that's almost the other way around, where organizations are made for the organizations themselves. Now I know some people with the best interest uh, try to do it differently, but they also have to be very critical if they already achieve what they um, what they do. So anyhow, uh, a, a pretty a pretty interesting point. Again, uh, something that we want to do uh, maybe in another uh, podcast uh, more in detail. But I know it's something that occupies our mind. Last but not least, because you know we are at the end of this uh, of this interview. You know, is there anything that I should have asked you and that uh, 
that I uh, no actually maybe I have two questions uh, so I'm I'm asking at the same time is there anything that I should have asked you and I didn't ask and then the last question really would be where do you see yourself in let's say five ten years from now so uh, that's in, in five years you said uh, yeah. Sean yeah yeah in five years where I want to be I want to have my second book ready mm -hmm. in three languages English German and uh, Dutch. Dutch I want uh, an audiobook also i want them finished in all three because i'm busy already with that one i want that our podcast still exist i want also uh, very selfish that our workbook will be also ready i want that we have projects together in somewhere in the netherlands or outside the netherlands giving uh, not only workshops but also lectures I want to be healthy, so I'm working on that. This is what me drives every day, the motivation, because I know that I have less before than what I had. So, or I must get 120 years old. That would be nice, but still, I need the motivation to practice every day. So this is where I want to be in five years. Um, maybe I'm retired then. I don't know. <laughs> and I can even work more with dance from a flexible, um, how you say, bus. And I'm um, somewhere in the south of French and we do this podcast there. That would um, be, nice. that would be, that would be su uh, super. Um, yes. And what you didn't ask, actually, you asked everything, uh, Sean. I'm quite happy. You could ask me, are you happy? Yes. But I think this was your first question. Um, no, I'm quite happy. I want even what you didn't ask. No, you asked actually everything. Where I want to be in five years, I want also to connect uh, the schools and uh, the academies. How you say that? Academy academies. for academies. ballet and for contemporary and for hip hop you have in the lower degree and in the high degree. And if I could bring them a little bit together in the thoughts where I'm thinking in and uh, yes they get a lot of val value and a lot of experience from us yeah and uh, in five years where I want to be is what I just told and another thing where I'm, uh, I hope that all these dance um, how you say associations in the theater the art world that they get more a little bit more fusion and learn from each other but this process started already in our country but i i think they are still not um far enough because it's also a money money question and our government you didn't ask me that one but you think about the government about dance and this is where I want to have a podcast with you. So this was it, Sean. I'm ready, finished, and thank you very much for the interview. Very good, very good. Well, a lot of ambition, of course, on both our sides, and that's also a good launch of the podcast Dance Jams. We still are very ambitious. We're not the youngest anymore, but uh, we definitely have a lot of ambition and try to give a lot back of what we know and what we have learned. Um, so this was another episode of Dance Jams, uh, the interview with Tom Greten, my good friend and buddy. You know, we'll see you back uh, very soon in another podcast. And then yeah. we always say bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>